Was anybody sitting next to a fat person? <laughs> Would you like to stand up and point at them? <laughs> and laugh. None of this is rational, you know. I mean, I love listening to Georgia. It's like my breakfast. And I read him in the morning. But without all those exclamation marks. You talk with a lot of exclamation marks. And, and I, I always have, I have toast and marmalade. Um, and um, I make my own, does anyone else make marmalade? How much sugar do you have to use to fruit? <laughs> double, double. One kilo of Seville oranges, two kilos of sugar. And well-meaning people say to me, well, you could always use less sugar. I don't ever want to eat with them. In fact, I don't want either of the last two speakers ever to open a restaurant. None of this is rational. Nothing about food is about facts. It's not science. It's not medicine. Our sense of smell and taste that together make our sense of flavor are registered in the oldest bits of our brain. They're the bits that we share with lizards, crocodiles. One of the reasons that smell and taste can give you that sense of deja vu, can really just take you back, is because it's also where memory is. You associate very closely smell and, and memory. But everything about it, everything we do about food, is irrational, is about our feelings, about being in love, about being frightened, about feeling comfortable, about comforted, about feeling hospitable. None of this is about medicine. Dean Swift said, uh, it was a bold man who first ate an oyster. And I thought, I wonder who he was. So I looked him up. Um, 64,000 years ago is when they found the first middens of oyster shells. Wasn't really anyone you'd have recognized. We've actually been eating oysters for as long as we've been bipedal, and we probably learned it from things that weren't. Also interestingly in that midden were barnacles found on whale skin. I love the idea of someone saying, darling, if you're just going out to get something to eat, could you get a whale with some barnacles on it? Um, the person, of course, who really was bold was the first person who ate roast beef. That was the really, really big change in what we eat. We eat raw meat for thousands and thousands of years, probably mostly scavenged, probably killed by other things. And we're competing with a lot of other animals for bits of carcass. And it's all raw. If we're lucky, a bit rotten. Fire is this hideous thing that comes out of the sky. 
and is murderous and terrifying. One day, somebody comes across some beast that's been burnt in a fire. It must have smelt disgusting, like death, like God's fury. And someone else said, I wonder what it tastes like. <laughs> Fuck off! <laughs> and someone put it in their mouths. And I'm almost certain that someone was a woman. <laughs> Far more adventurous about food than men. There's a huge change in the way we are. People ate cooked meat not because it tasted good, but because you can eat more of it. We know exactly what we should eat by smiling in the mirror. Your teeth are there to eat everything. We eat everything. We eat the whole lot. But we're not very good at eating raw meat. We have to chew it a lot, and we don't get an awful lot out of it. So if you can cook meat, you can eat an enormous amount more. You can also cook things like brains and like marrow, which increases fecundity in women, all sorts of things. It made a big difference. So fire is a huge difference. But fire isn't the, big, isn't the biggest difference for us. The really big difference is the first bloke who made a pot. Because you make a pot, you can actually start being a cook. And the first cook is the person who put two things together in a pot with some water. That's the beginning. That's the beginning of us. That's the beginning of, of cooking. What we do with food is the oldest form of our culture. It's before writing, it's before singing, it's before dancing. It is who we are. It is the culture. When you eat a biscuit, you're doing something that has been done for as long as there have been people, unchanged, exactly the same thing. I don't want any government to tell me how I should eat my biscuits or how I should make my marmalade. It's too important, it's too old, it's too precious. The other thing that really changed the way we eat was the first person who made a bag. If you weave and you make a bag, it means that you can carry more things back home than you can hold in your hands. You can dig up a whole lot more stuff, you can feed a whole lot more people, you can with coil pots and bags, you can feed communities of about, probably hunter-gathering of about 40 or 50 people. And that's the beginning of everything. From that to New York is like that. I once went out hunter-gathering with Bushmen, uh, which was uh, they made me keep a bullfrog that size in my pocket. <laughs> it was one of the things we caught to eat. And I kept thinking, every time I went to have a pee, I thought, it's going to just eat my cock off. <laughs> uh, I 
I took a whole lot of things to the Bushmen for them to eat. I have a, I have a feeling that our sense of taste... We're very odd. You know, we have this idea that, that our taste, the things that we like and we don't like, are really personal. Things that go in your mouth are really personal. You know, you don't put any old stuff in your mouth. And, and you're, we're most of us quite picky, and, and I like that and I don't like that. That's really internal. But actually, you know, if you're French, you like French things, and if you're German, you like German things. I mean, what we eat and our taste for food... Is, is, is cultural, but it's also political. Uh, it's no accident that the names that we call each other to be rude about each other about what we eat. Krauts, frogs, limeys. Um, so we had fire and we had coil pots and we had carrier bags. But the really the most important thing that really changed us, made us who we are, and the reason why we never, ever, ever want someone to tell us what we can eat. The most important discovery, do you know, I'm just going to say the big, the ever in the world, the thing that is most precious to all of us, and we all of us have, and if we don't, we're really underprivileged, is a table. Just think about your table. Now think harder. <laughs> um, Kenneth Clark said that nobody ever had a big idea in a large room. And there's something in that, is that the really important ideas we have in small rooms. Everything about our lives that's worth saying, doing, having, or knowing, we've learnt round tables. Everything that is the centre of our lives, we have round. Societies that don't have tables are not societies you want to live in. A table is everything. And We've talked, and you, I expect you'll hear more about food as chemistry and about food as medicine and, and, and food as public service and food as snobbery and food as all of those things. But ultimately, in the end, and first and foremost, food is about pleasure. And it's about hospitality. And it's about who we are and how we get on with each other. And the most important thing we all do in our lives is sit round tables with other people and eat. That is everything. If you don't have that, we don't have anything worth having. Every other idea that we have comes from that. That sitting at a table and just handing somebody a teapot a, somebody behind you at a stove, frying eggs, whatever the chickens did to the fucking farm, I don't care. <laughs> if you don't want to... There's a thing about being fat. They did a really interesting study with people giving them breakfast to eat. Um, you know, like a full English breakfast. And you sit them down with it and you say, Eat that. 
and they eat it and they finish it. Most people finish what's on their plate. And then the next day you get back again, give them the full English breakfast. I must say instantly, one of the things I really hate about English food is full English breakfast. The most disgusting meal. You, you, how could you invent that? Really hideous. And the other thing is Yorkshire pudding. Whoever, you see, whoever fucking thought that was a good idea? <laughs> you, see, you see, you're wrong. About so much. What was I talking about? I got a phone call today from someone who said, I said hello, and they said, it's Maria. And I went, Maria who? And she went, Maria from the Alzheimer's Society. <laughs> I have actually forgotten what I was talking about. Um, what? Oh, the full English. Okay, the second time, they give them the full English, full English breakfast, but the second time it's put in front of them, you're blindfolded. Two minutes. You're blindfolded. And then just say, stop when you finish and you've had enough. People, most people stop when they've eaten half of it. The point is, is that we have culturally, this is nothing to do with sugar and big business or pharmaceuticals or farmers or anything. Culturally, we have been brought up to finish what's on our plates. The first thing I will tell you, I've got two minutes left. First thing I will tell you, never finish what's on your plate. <laughs> I mean it. I eat a huge amount of food. It's my job. That's why I'm this vastly fat. I've got a good tailor, and I'm breathing in. <laughs> Stop eating when you're full. That may sound silly, but actually, most people eat way beyond the time when they're full. We eat for all sorts of reasons. We eat because we like the feeling, we like the sensation. We eat for... Just stop eating. The other thing I'm going to tell you about if you want to lose weight, it's far better than any diet. Diets are all nonsense. Diets are all made up by losers. Are, are there any dietitians in here in tonight? <laughs> Is anyone a dietitian? Get a proper job. Dieticians are people who couldn't get work in nail bars. <laughs> it's all nonsense. Diets are nonsense. What you need are manners. We have talked far too much about what we eat and not anything like enough about how we eat. The rules are never eat standing up. Or never eat in a cup that you're, or drink from a cup you're going to throw away or from a plate that goes in the bin. Always eat sitting at a table, always eat with a knife and fork, always eat off pottery, china. Never eat at a desk, never eat in front of a screen. Eat three times a day, no more. Never eat in the street, never eat out of a packet. If you do all those things, and they're not rocket science, you will stay a decent weight and you will eat much better. Because in the end, if you eat at a table 
with people you like and you love and you talk to them and you eat with a knife and fork or with chopsticks if that's your thing. If you do that, the likelihood is you will start caring more about what it is you are actually eating. And you may actually then cook your own food. And if you do that as well, if you cook your own food and eat off a table with people you love and like, who cares how fucking fat you are? (laughs) 